Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're doing Dead House Gates today. We've read about two-thirds of the way through, which is up to book four, which I think is, I think it, the next chapter is chapter 15. Book four, chapter 15. Mm-hmm. That's where we've stopped. I want to get us warmed up first. Mm. This is not going to be really a hot take. It's more of going to be an observation of my personal preferences, and I want to hear your mm. opinions. Okay, sure, it. sure. Um, so I really enjoy going out to restaurants and, and food in general, which obviously <laughs> everyone does, but like, love doing it. Uh-huh. Um, the... You probably relate to this as a grad student, not a ton of funds, so can't do it super often. For sure. But a lot of the times when I go out to eat, if I go to like one of like a new restaurant to me that's like usually really good or I've Mm. heard good things about it, sometimes they'll have like some kind of interesting, weird thing on the menu. Mm hmm. And so I went to one recently, it was a taco shop, and it had like a bunch of weird fillings, like like grasshopper. Okay, yes. And on the one hand, mm. I want to be the kind of person that's like super adventurous and like, yeah, I'll order the grasshopper hopper tacos. Like, that's cool. I Like, I think that's a good thing to be. Like, it's fun to do that. However. Yeah. I never do it. Yeah. And it's not because I'm, like, scared to try the grasshopper thing. Yeah. It's because I love food, <laughs> and I cannot afford an extra waste of a taco. Yeah. And so, like, I'm going to get three tacos, and they're all going to be things that I know that I'm going to be hyped about. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry. I wish that I could make this fun and interesting um for myself and the rest of the people but i'm not willing to like risk a good taco do you know what i mean no no no, 100 percent. this is a classic dilemma because i think a lot of people want to be the adventurous try new stuff kind of person but then when they get to the front of the line and and you hear you hear old brother death knocking at your door saying there's only going to be so many tacos you're going to eat in your life are you really going to risk this one right here are you going right. to risk this taco not being great? Because I'm coming for you one day. And at the end, I'm going to say, hey, remember all those shitty but weird tacos you ate when you could have had the ones that you knew would be really good? And you're going to regret it at the end. You're going to come to me and say, please, death, five more minutes. I want to just eat the good tacos. And death's not stopping. Death says you had your right. shot. Because the thing is, I always know that it's not going to be as good. Right. Like, there's these, there's, if we're staying on tacos, other restaurants have other things. Um, if we're staying on tacos, even if I'm, like, shocked at how good the grasshopper taco is, mm-hmm. that will be an interesting observation for me, but it will not be as good as my other option that right. I would normally get. Yes. yes. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm just... I'm always going to choose a a good taco or good food over an interesting experience, which might be a character flaw. But the thing is, like, and I don't want to spend too long on this, but the more, like, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, I could just spring for an extra taco. And, like, if this one's not good, that's okay. I have another thing. But then the alternative is like, ah, but then I I could get guac. Chips right. and guac right. instead. And it's like, well, I would rather have chips and guac. And it just, it's never ending because like, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i with you here. I think there's something to be said. You know, there's that old poem about the road less traveled. And you know what? Not worth it, I'm going to say. <laughs> Not worth it's it. the worst road. Go with the road that everybody else has been on. Seems to be doing great. And it gets good right. reviews, so I'm not I'm not gonna go wrong. My issue with this, and specifically ha- having to do with food, is I'm vegetarian. So mm-hmm. eating at a restaurant, there's typically like three options if it's like a very 
if it's a restaurant that's like catering to like having vegetarians there sure um and at the uh, like at places where there is something new it's usually like an impossible burger that are really hype now uh which i'm not very hype on but that's like the novel thing for you to do if you're vegetarian is to get an impossible burger we don't need to talk about the whole impossible meat uh situation that's going on because it's a whole nother topic maybe we'll talk about that next week maybe this will be a (laughs) two-part Uh, cause Dan is not into it. Dan is not. Well, it's not okay. It's not for you though. <laughs> what do you mean okay, it's not, not for me? It's a vegetarian. It's not for vegetarians. It's for, it's for meat eaters who need to be more environmentally conscious. I know, but a bunch of restaurants are substituting out their cook, their good vegetarian options for this bullshit. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's on them. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm heated already. Well, I think we should move on from this because now I'm getting upset. Let's talk about Dead House Gates. Okay, Dead House Gates, like I said, up to chapter four. Do you want to start us off? I want to start us off because I'm I'm heated and I want to talk about this thing. So Kalam and Fiddler and Quick Ben had this plan to kill, to assassinate Lassine, to kill the Empress. Did it seem really ambitious to you that this was the thing that they were going to try and do? Because it seemed ambitious to me up until one specific moment. Okay. I mean, yes. It, overall, it seemed like a lofty goal, I guess. Like, so ambitious, I thought it was crazy. So ambitious, okay. I was like, y'all know you can't. There's no way. You're going to do right. this. <laughs> I, I'm guessing I know the moment that you're talking well, about. What do you think the moment is? When they, when they can get into the Imperial Warren. Oh, interesting. No, before that. Oh, before that. Okay, okay, go on. Kalam takes on eight dudes at once with, like, the, no promise of backup. Right. That... That seems crazy. So so that, you were, like, you thought that this became more feasible when you learned that Kalam was, like, a really good fighter. Right. Well, okay. We knew he's a good assassin from the last book, but not, like, how good. Like, Okay, sure. Like, murdering eight soldiers who, like, know you're coming seems, like, incredible. Sure. Okay, yes. Sure. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I was this not I that impressive. If, I was so impressed. Kalam taking I, no, okay, on all I these was, guys. I was very impressed. I just, I didn't necessarily consider Kalam's talents as the like difficulty mm, in reaching. Okay. The thing that, and I have a couple notes on this. The thing that I was like surprised about was was when he gets into the Imperial War. Using Quick Ben's stone, right? Using Quick Ben's stone. Yeah. Uh, I have one, another note that I'm going to come back to. Yeah. But in the last book, we get some some Imperial Warren travel mm-hmm. in which Peron travels and like steps through one of the gates and is like in the middle of the of the like empress's room yes with like his horse right and so like it's if you had access to the imperial warren this whole time i i know that you have kind of like a you're taking absalar back but like you're not really so i don't know why you didn't just do this (laughs) other also um and i'm assuming you already know what i'm gonna say quickbin does not tell kalam what this rock does Oh, you're right. He totally doesn't. <laughs> doesn't tell him. Kalam is like, yeah, I don't know what it does, but Quick Ben said it would be useful. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's not like a long explanation. So like, I don't have time to go through exactly what this does. Yes, you do. Maybe because it doesn't work if you know it's coming. Like, the only reason it works is because he's surprised by it. Okay. And that's, like, the workaround. That's, like, the back door that they didn't think about when they were setting up the firewall for the Imperial Warren. 
Ooh, okay. I actually like this. Cause you can't you can't get into the Imperial Warren if you're if you're trying if to. You're, if you're trying to. Which is why Quick have. Ben couldn't do it himself either. Sure. Yeah. He had to okay. give him a rock and be like, I, I it does something cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I'm not sure that that's the explanation. Um it would be a, it would be a good one. I but mean, if it's if there's not an explanation like Quick Ben, what are you doing? Yeah, he he for sure should have been explaining this. I will say there is some evidence that there is a little bit of a mental game happening with the Warrens, where apparently you just have to like think where you want to go and walk for a while, and then you decide mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm pretty much there, and hop out again. Right. So there does seem to be something there with uh, how, like your perception of what you're doing, you know. Yeah, that's that's very true. <clears throat> but can we go? Can, do we want to talk about this magic rock? Okay. Yeah. Sure. I love this magic rock. Actually, uh, I especially the discussion that Kalam has about the fact that like it looks like just a rock, and how that makes a lot of sense when you're making a powerful magical item to just make it look so mundane and stupid. And he brings up a great point about how a lot of mages will create bad curses on really powerful objects or like really powerful looking objects. So like crowns and jewels and cool swords, they'll make it cursed. And so it just had me imagining all the shitty curses that like imagine two warriors going around in this world. Okay. One of them is wearing like, obsidian black plate armor with a giant emerald sword and just looks like a dragon looks like they're it's made out of dragon scale and it's all like worthless like the sword is like a squiggly sword that when you hit something it just bounces off and like his armor uh doesn't have like a a place to take it off easily when he has to pee and it makes him have to pee all the time Mm. And he just looks super badass. Meanwhile, someone's over here with like a stick and like a tank top, like a beat up tank top and is crushing (laughs) everybody. Right. I think that that would be I. So I would love for someone that's like super rich that has a great sense of humor. This is like big Ethan or Ethan Aurelius vibes Mm -hmm. um, to just like throw a ton of money at making some like garbage clothes super powerful. And I don't know if that quite works the same in this world. Like, I don't know if there's like an enchantment that <laughs> makes armor plus a hundred against swords or something like that. But I feel like that would be a good move. I will say this is, this is your classic uh, port key versus Horcrux debate. Ooh interesting yeah that that's true we have we have stumbled upon the port key horcrux debate yeah there's a chance and and this might not be the case considering the passage that we read but that like regular clothes or armor are not inherently strong enough to like contain powerful spells if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you can't throw a plus 50 attack at a bronze sword because it's only going to, it's going to downgrade to like plus two. Right, right. You my, know, my plus f- 50 attack, like only a, only a rune sword can take a plus 50 attack enchantment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like no matter how much I buff my flip flops, I'm not going to get enough armor protection to make up for the fact that they're flip flops. Right, maybe. But I hope not. I hope that's not the case. Right, right. I I think there could be a lot of truth to this. Because we also see the, the warriors from the Wiccan fighters that have their, like, heavy armor that has a bunch of runes carved in it, and it seems like they're getting powered up from the warlocks. And the runes like might have something to do with it. So this, you could be onto something. I will say though, if you can do this much magical energy into a 
a plain old rock, then you could probably put it in some other pretty mundane looking stuff. That's true. That's true. I forgot that that's where we started here. <laughs> and there does seem to be business for selling magically endued, endued items, which we meet a merchant who isn't really a merchant. I do want to talk about that. It's way later, though, so we're not going to get there yet. But there does okay. seem to be a trade in cool magical items. Right. Right. Since we're t- Since we're talking about the Wiccans. I have two things that I want to talk about because there's a lot of battle that happened with Coltane and their whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is kind of a highlight for I have a few I have a few highlights from this section, and the Ooh, first thing I want okay. to talk about here is the fact that, that the Wiccans joined the Empire because the Emperor mocked them so good that they were like. <laughs> damn you're right i guess we're gonna yeah. be a part of your team now <laughs> he just like burned them so good they were like wow you know you told me something that was really hard to hear but i needed to hear it <laughs> so all right i'm 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 your team now yeah they really respect that the the old emperor was handing out hard to swallow pills <laughs> it shows maturity good for them incredible maturity um, I would be a little skeptical if I was the emperor, like how loyal they were. I'd be a little like, <laughs> right. hey, we're cool right after that thing I said about your whole deal kind of sucking. It is suspicious now that I think about it. <laughs> if I like roast somebody and they like all of a sudden are like, hey, I'm now your best friend. I don't believe them. Right. I'm not letting them stand up and give the best man speech at my wedding. I'm not I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, we're totally good pals now. Right. Right. I will say more evidence of their I don't know if maturity is the right word, but their like whole vibe being kind of cool. <laughs> so the I think it might be the Weasel Clan. I, I can't remember exactly which clan mm-hmm. is responsible for guarding the like refugees. Yeah, in it's this the Weasel Clan. Battle. Yep, yep. And they spring this little trap where they basically like sacrifice some of the refugees. Yes. And there's this sense that they do not even try to lie and like pretend like it. It wasn't like a very uh, I don't like callous thing to do. Very callous thing to do. Yeah. Um, because they like respect that sacrifice too much. That's kind of cool. It was like, I don't know if it was necessarily a good thing to do. I, I'm not going to like, it kind of worked. So maybe, but good for you guys for like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, it was like, just nice. It was nice, and here's why it was nice: because in their, from their perspective, you could say like ends justify means. Them winning this battle means that all these people get to live, right? Like as soon as they lose a battle, they're all gonna get murdered horrifically, because that's just the deal. That's what's happening, right. and so, like they you from their perspective, they even have like a good argument to be like, hey, I know what we did wasn't cool, but like you know what would have happened if we lost, right? Right. And even then, they, like, recognize, yeah, we might have been right, but also, this thing sucked, so let's give it its, like, proper due. That's like, we don't have to defend ourselves right now for our actions, even if they might have been the right ones. Like, yeah, this did suck, and let's, like, leave yeah. it at that. I agree with you. Yeah. I thought this was very cool of them. Not necessarily the whole leaving refugees behind to get essentially used as bait, but the response to it seems like a good one. Yeah, we're we're a we're a vibes podcast, <laughs> and the Wiccans have great vibes. Outstanding vibes, yeah. I'm always a little skeptical of uh, people that decide to file their teeth down because it seems like a very short term reactionary thing that will have long-term negative consequences like anytime we hear about young warriors filing their teeth uh i just imagine old old grandpa warriors being like when i was 22 i was in a battle and i decided to make pointy teeth and 
damn, it was a bad idea. Right. I first of all, I just want to commend you on the on the phrase that you're always skeptical of people that file their teeth down. Um, that's a fair point. I like, but maybe it's a it's just like a solidarity thing. You're and saying one kind of, person did it, and so the rest of them were like, "Yeah, I guess we're a clan, <laughs> so we all have to now." <laughs> this is going to be a horrible comparison that I'm about to make. Sure, but I'm going to do it. Okay, because that's. You know when someone gets a tattoo and someone's like, do you know how terrible that's going to look when you're old? Yeah, this is the this is the thing that I was thinking of when I was thinking about the pointed teeth. So, yeah. I that this may not like correspond to pointed teeth as well, mm-hmm. but that's ridiculous to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sure. <laughs> because like I don't okay. So, I I don't really think that the weasel clan of the wiccans is going to be like ah man (laughs) now my job prospects are really not great after filing my teeth down i know okay i'm not talking about their potential job like i'm saying i bit my tongue once and it it came off i lost a part of my tongue i can't really chew right anymore because apparently there's a reason why our teeth are the way that they are and dentures are incredibly expensive so just bad all around it was very intimidating for five minutes that's that's fair it does actually genuinely seem inconvenient right right so like i don't know maybe just like i imagine eating soup would be kind of harder i think it's just it's just a bad call i think it was a bad call but i agree with your point that you made there is a weird choice (laughs) I agree with what you said, though. They're a clan, and they have to go with it now, you know? Like, once one of them gets it, you can't be the weasel clan and Harold who has pointed teeth. Right. Like, you've all you've all got to do it now. You, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, great vibes for the Wiccans. Um, they seem like all very good fighters. Mm-hmm. And all often on the same page. Good communication between everybody. Outstanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I do want to say, I'm obviously rooting for our, like, side. Mm-hmm. Like the Wiccans and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But bad guy army, like, come on. You've got so many advantages. Like, huge numbers advantage, right? Huge numbers advantage. You know where they're going to go. I get that Coltane is like super good and they're like little whatever god stuff is going on or like yeah. spirits thing is going on is really helpful for them yeah but let's let's well don't because i'm not rooting for you but step it up it's embarrassing i do think so there's two there's two points i want to make here the first is i think this is demonstrating the the effectiveness of organization and planning for war and Mm. we've seen this time and time again in books where they're actually like at war the most recent example being the traitor baru cormorant where a lot of it was just like planning a lot of it was like making sure you had everything that you needed and i think coltane is demonstrating that he's got that on lock like he's very good at planning and making the logistics work out especially going up against like a rebel fanatical army that is just mm-hmm. like operating on bloodlust for the most part. Like it shows the difference in like how necessary the logistics are and how much of an impact that can make. But the second point I want to make is kind of a is kind of a question, but also something that's just wild about this whole world. How do you plan for a battle when there is literal magic? Like me. I'm a commander of a large army. How do I array my forces and attack another army if I'm like, they also have a mage? What, how does that change the calculus? If it's just like right. magic can do, I don't know, lots. <laughs> um, I Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. You would have, like, 
I feel like a lot of the times these people know the capabilities of the other mage. And they're like, that their high mage uses this warren. And that means whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's always like someone throwing out a demon or like weird stuff going on. I Okay, the one thing that I want to say is that they're using these like spirits. Uh-huh. And the spirits seem to like come out and ambush mm-hmm. the other side. Like mm-hmm. the other side's rushing at somebody. The spirits are like hiding in that field or something. And amb- Can mm-hmm. we, you got to have a plan B at this point. You got to be like, okay, you guys rush them. If the spirits are there, do this other thing. <laughs> like, the spirits are part of the other team's like deal. They've got to be so in your battle gotta, plan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I realize that you can't perfectly plan for them, but well, the other thing about it too, I so the spirits are one thing, but I think you could eventually figure out their whole deal. The like raising undead warriors from out of the ground. How do you you can't you didn't plan for that. You weren't like, "All right, in case they raise an undead zombie army, <laughs> we need to, for, you know, just keep your form your lines up and wait wait it out and then they'll just tire right. themselves out or like the other thing they did which was supercharge their horses i'm what am i supposed to anticipate that they're like they have horse magic so where they can just run all over the field and not stop ever I, how so i think that you can't okay here's the thing mm-hmm. the best defense is a good offense mm-hmm. Dan. mm-hmm mm-hmm I think the saying is normally reversed, but the Wiccan warlocks have been very creative, yes. and I commend them on that. Absolutely, they're crushing it. And you're right; I think that you can't really like predict around and plan around that perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you guys need to be creative and like come up with your thing. I know that your simp god is just like, yeah, like freaking be a psycho. <laughs> But let's do. They need to come up with some other ideas. Interesting. I think. I think that's the the goal. You gotta you gotta do your own like twists. Mm-hmm. You can't be planning for other teams' twists. You need your own twists. I think this is a possible solution. My the kind of way I was going with this was like the opposite to where they just need like they have so many more numbers on their side. They know exactly where the other team's going. Just like get all your buddies. Sit them in front of the opposing army. Make them literally walk up to your, like, huge outnumbering force. What? Done. They're not getting through. Just just right. play defense. Just play. Just stand in front of the rim with your arms up as high as they can go. They're 5'2". You're 7'2". Okay? There's, they're not scoring on you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think there, there, there are options. There, <laughs> there are for sure options. There do seem to be options, and these these folks don't seem to have a great grasp on, on the combat stuff. Right. Last thing I want to say about the Wiccan kind of war machine that's happening. Like, can our historian, for like a second, just believe... Because, like, I get it if at the first time he got to the battle, he was like, oh, damn, this is not going to go well. We're all going to get slaughtered. Oh, geez, it's looking really bad. And then it turns out, oh, there was a plan. It worked very well. And we're still moving. I get it. The first time that happens, you have some doubts. But now the second battle happens. And our historian's like, Oh jeez! Oh no! We're, it's all gonna—it's yeah, all gone. We're all gonna die. It's over. Ah, shucks! I can't believe it. That was terrible. Oh, dang it! Wait, wait a second, dude. Mm-hmm. Have some faith. You saw what happened at the bridge where they just blew up a bunch of people. There's stuff going on. Yeah, there, there's there is stuff going on. I so. <laughs> 
I mentioned that the Wiccans seem to be very good at communication because all of the Wiccans seem to know what the other ones are doing. Mm -hmm. That is not the case, I feel like, for the rest of the army. <laughs> so, like, as a, just a, one example being the our Malazan engineers. The sappers, yeah. Can you, can you send some memos? I get that your commander doesn't want to come, but, like, give me a heads up. <laughs> Right, right. Like, we could have avoided trampling a bunch of you if we just knew you might be there. Right. Like, you don't have to surprise us. We want to surprise them. But... <laughs> Maybe they were worried about spies, you know? Could could have been worried about spies. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Our historian seems to be able to move between. Um, but yeah. I think that that's, that that's fair... The the whole Coltane thing has been mood wise very depressing, mm -hmm. but we're undefeated, baby. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> They've got that going for them. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I okay. One last thing. I do love the flex that Coltane is is bringing out, where he where he wants the historian there for everything. That's because he's just like, I want people to freaking know what I'm about to do because this is going to be sweet. I mean, you would, though, right? Like, I totally would. In his position, I would have this historian follow me everywhere. And maybe that's part of the motivator, too. Like, maybe Colton would have given up a long time ago, but he was like, ah, this is going to be a dope story. story. Yeah, this is going to be a dope <laughs> story if we could pull it off. So blow up the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably that's probably the main motivator, not the uh, not the rest of the things. No. Um, okay, let's move on to the rest of our characters. Yes. One thing. Well, okay, but small thing. Mapo. Yeah, I have the same thing friend. too. <laughs> such a good friend. I love it. Well, I don't know actually. Why do you think you he's a good friend? You don't know if he's a good friend. Uh, why do you think he's a good friend? And then we'll talk about why I might not think he's a great friend. So, okay, the the specific moment that I wrote this mm -hmm. um, was, I think Icarium want like asks Mapo to just like tell him about himself mm -hmm. because right because Icarium's memory is like yeah something weird is happening, um, and Mapo does not want to give. Icarium memories of himself that are like from Mappo's perspective because that's like building an Icarium that Mappo sees, not the real Icarium. Yes. I thought that that was a very like nice, well, maybe it's like kind of a way to just not tell him his past. But if that's the case, great excuse also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's a potential for Mappo to be a swell guy and to be a great friend. I think there's also a potential... That Mappo is the one doing all the murdering and marauding, and he's like trying to turn over a new leaf. But his friend who stopped him, this guy, Icarium, is the one who like stopped him, right? And he has some like mind erasing thing where he's like messed with his memory, but he's trying to turn over a new leaf. So he doesn't want him to remember all the terrible things that Mappo did. Now, it's either that or. Icarium did a bunch of terrible stuff, which Mappo seems to be implying that Icarium is the one who did a bunch of terrible stuff. And he doesn't want to remember those things. Um, right. There's two things I want to say about this. First, Mappo has a magic bag that is just a Mary Poppins bag. At one point, he mentions that he's put irritating people in there and he wonders where they are. I forgot about that. Mappo, you can't do that, buddy. What? That's not funny. I mean, it was funny for me to read, but like right. being in that, like if I'm Fiddler and Mappo off, offhand mentions that he's put irritating people into his pocket dimension in his backpack and he doesn't know what happened to them, that's just like murder. They're dead for sure. <laughs> right. You can't do that. Okay, you're not wrong. You cannot do that. 
Um, <laughs> it's definitely a strike. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, the other thing that we don't know about Mappo is this like quest that he has kind of been sent on. He's been commissioned to do like a something, and we don't know what it is. And they mm-hmm. gave him this like bone staff that seems very intimidating. Yeah. Okay. I let me just say, there's a lot that we do not know about Mappo in Acarium. Mm-hmm. And so everything we are getting is from, like, Mappo's perspective, mm-hmm. which is obviously going to be pro-Mappo. Yes, probably. God, Ma- the name Mappo, I keep saying it. It's one of the, like, the more you say it, the, the dumber it sounds. It sounds. Yeah. But, but great name. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I... I now you're making me actually genuinely question myself because I did come in being pro Mapo. Mm-hmm. But the I'm willing to open open a door of skepticism. The second thing that I want to talk about is some maybe maybe we're gonna theorize a little bit, Luke. I think it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've theorized. Dan's got a theory. Right. We have not to be clear, we we did read the first book, but we have this is our first time reading the second. Exactly. So we can get into some theories now. Kalam makes it into the Imperial Warren. What does he find a bunch of in the Imperial Warren? Just just a few bones. A ton of bones, Luke. There's bones everywhere in the Imperial Warren. There's War. bones for days. There's bones for days. And he recognizes a symbol in the Imperial Warren of like a group that he's encountered before, but he doesn't, he can't quite place it. Mm-hmm. And so the, clearly there was like a civilization in this Warren. Jack, right. Icarium, the stories about him are as like somebody who does a lot of killing. And, and okay. the ice, the, the, Semp God was like killed when a Jag Hut created these huge waves of ice that killed just like tons and tons of people. Mm-hmm. So my theory, Luke, is that Acarium is responsible for uh, the dead civilization in the Imperial Warren that has allowed the like the M- the Malazan Empire to take it over. Okay. Or Mapo could be that Mapo. would be. That would be very interesting. Um, I think there's there's some Poe there. Mm-hmm. I do want to say it seems like the there's like layers of bones from different civilizations. There's a lot of bones, it seems like. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything in, for your theory. I It could be. I mean... It'd be something that I would, that maybe Mappo's like, hey, you don't want to remember that, buddy. That was a tough time to go through. You killed like a whole universe of people. <laughs> um, it does seem like the Jag magic is related to ice. Mm. And it seems like the Warren was burned. Well, was the tyrant from book one an ice boy? Ooh, I don't remember. I don't think he was. He was using, like, lightning, wasn't he? Maybe, but I feel like I remember the the special jag thing was that... No, because his, his, the place that he was buried was in ice, because the rest of the jags were like, this is our thing, we do ice. Oh, they you're going ice. in the ice. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, so maybe it was... Uh, he's only half jag though so he's only half jag <laughs> that's true half yeah all right maybe not so i don't know we'll keep we'll keep it alive i like it because this this book does or this series does seem to like bring worlds together oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um so i i could i could see a little connection okay we'll keep that we'll keep that door open we get a lot of interactions with our shapeshifter people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, that's like, well, the other like side 
thing is this convergence of divers or whatever it's called in solo talking. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, if I'm one of these guys, priority number one for me, mm-hmm. find a way to stop the spicy smell. Oh, dude, do you think this is a drawback? I was thinking this is a My huge benefit. My stealth is very limited. Everyone knows I'm coming. I know, but that's only an issue if you're an asshole. Like, okay, it's it okay. sounds like it sounds like the smell is a good one. People are confusing okay. it for like wood spices and like things you would buy and like put on things to make them smell good. I'm hype about this. Sure, maybe right. maybe I turn into a duck and I'm not super into my transforming animal. But I, I just get this inherent, like, cologne that smells great. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm going to be the life of the party. <laughs> okay, sure. It means... I, that's, I, w- I will say I was coming into this with some negative thoughts of, like, <laughs> always fighting, uh, which maybe I shouldn't have. Um, Luke, magic's for more it than does fighting. Seem like it, it does seem like it smells good. Still, though, there are, I feel like, times if I'm a shapeshifter that I don't want people to know that I'm a shapeshifter. Yeah, I mean, Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. But we do see an instance where somebody covers it up. Yeah, but, okay, but but hang on. You used a duck as an example. Let's say I want to spend a, like, hey, what's the average day for a duck? Yeah. Let's see what that's like. Yeah. I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? Because, like... If I'm a, I'm like, here, here I am. I'm in the pond. Oh, let's go get some bread. That guy's feeding us bread. That guy's gonna be like, hey, f- fuck off, you solo talking. I'm not giving you bread. <laughs> so I don't get the experience. I'm singled out. Even if I try to cover it up, it's like, hey, duck, why do you smell like lemon? Quack is how you respond to that, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a duck, but it feels like that would be the natural response is to quack. There, there's just no way for me to ever blend in. <laughs> I love that in your mind, the like day in the life of a duck, uh, uh, just a normal like I want to see what a duck's life is like is going to a guy in a park and eating bread that he's throwing into a pond. It's I like that that's your classic. like, I want to experience what duck is like. <laughs> classic duck life. Um, I it's mean, like the number one thing if you're a, it's like t- the best day ever if you're a duck I'm not missing out on that I also love how in your fiction the guy who's giving out bread to the ducks smells one of them being like a little bit off and is like fuck off I'm not giving you bread you're a human you're a solitakid I'm not giving you bread go that away that seems selfish like I'm over here gifting these ducks with my bread, and here's this shapeshifter that can do whatever he wants. I'm not giving you bread. I love it. I love how stingy you've made this bread guy. It's not like this shapeshifter duck is going to eat the whole loaf. They don't have a human-sized stomach. <laughs> yeah, but still. It's one I'm duck. Still, I, there's no way I, he's not treated differently. I, I here's, the, here's my other question. Do the other, like, if I'm shape-shifting into animals, mm-hmm. this is, I think this is only the solo talking because the the other guys are, like, have to be a group. Yeah, they're, they're a team. Which seems, which seems like you can't do things with other people or with other units. I don't know. Um, if I'm a solo talking, do the other, like, animals that i'm changing into no like can they smell you and be like that's not one of us that's a dude right yeah um because that limits me i'm gonna say yes but i think if you play it right it doesn't matter right like i think if okay. you play it like uh i ran into uh, a big cinnamon pile on my way here to the duck meetup. <laughs> that's why i smell this way like right i think if you act enough like the animal you are b- pretending to be they're gonna forget about the smell they're gonna be like yeah 
that guy just smells a little weird. Uh, he's fine. We've we have <laughs> talked to him about it. He hasn't really changed his whole vibe. So we're not going to invite him out to happy hour, but like we can work with him. Okay. Sure. I can, I can see that. I do think that we've stumbled onto something here and that is the reason why all of the solo talking are like jerks. Ooh. Okay. There's no way to have a friend that isn't also a solo talking. You know what I mean? I don't know. Rake seems to have some friends. That's true. I kind of forgot. They also, though, I don't think Rake smells spicy, right? I don't think anyone, because I didn't know that he was that way until until he turned into a dragon. He right? transformed. I I will say that was like early in our our reading, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if I maybe there was like a little hint somewhere that I didn't catch. But the other characters would have noticed, right? Like the alchemist would have been mm-hmm. like. Oh, dude smells like cinnamon. He's some kind of solitakin. I should note this and like be aware of that in my dealings with him. Right. But it sounds like for most everybody in the book, it was like a revelation when he turned into a dragon. Right. That was my yes. vibe. So regardless, though, what, you're saying you don't want to be buddies with the solitakin? I Okay, I, I actually really, I would. Yeah. So what are you talking about? Their only friends can be solitakin. How, okay, however... I don't know because like the vibe the the friendship is gonna not be symmetrical. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be constantly asking them what my dog is saying. <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Um, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> no, if like if I know that my buddy Greg mm. is an immortal sorcerer that can change his shape i would like to be friends with greg still but it's not going to be the same relationship okay uh, yeah i'm Luke. gonna be i'm gonna be asking him for things all the time okay well <laughs> see it's gonna get annoying for greg right you're the kind of friend that i imagine a lot of famous people when they were growing up they knew people before they were famous and then when they became famous there were a lot of people that they like had to cut out because these people were just constantly asking them to meet angelina jolie and they were like look dude i can't really make that happen for you uh right please don't contact me ever again that yes that's me so uh but lebron please get back to us for sure (laughs) we're very cool and chill um okay Another highlight that I have from this section, Luke, that I just have to mention, the terrible merchant who turns into a big horde of rats and is just like the worst kind of guy, it seems like, his vibe with his corpse servants, classic comedy. I was loving that. I was loving that interaction so much, Luke. Mostly, mostly because of the corpses, I think. They were incredible. So good. I hope we get more of them. I hope they're not gone. I know. I wanted. I was so bummed when that guy turned out to be a divers and started eating everyone. I was like, "Dang it! I love this character." I know. I know. Oh man! And Stephen just burned him. Stephen just went, "Yeah, I'm gonna make this outstanding fellow who's got so much charisma, and the vibe here is great, and I'm just gonna light it on fire." Right. That's exactly. Yeah. It was a bad thing to do that. You're going Steven, though. Oh, okay. The I author. get what you're saying now. The author. <laughs> I thought you were... Okay, this is... That makes a lot more sense now. I thought you were criticizing Bodden for fighting him. No! No! I was saying Steven threw away this, like, outstanding character that he could have had, like, right. continue okay. on. Okay, yes. the th- That character is... is I assume gone, but our our four corpses that keep complaining about their deaths are not necessarily gone, and I want them to be the next, the focus of the rest of the book. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that'll be the case. But yeah, I agree. I, again, <laughs> don't have a ton of notes on Heboric Bodden and Felicin. It is nice. I think, right, the last thing that we saw is maybe 
Felicin's walls are coming down a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's going to tell Bodden she loves him before he like dies. That'll be a nice moment. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Seems nice. Granted, their whole vibe is like, oh, I don't really want to touch their whole vibe at all, though. You know I what know. I mean? Like, oh, no, I just don't want to touch it. It just feels, I can't, I, we can't touch it. <laughs> right, so again, <laughs> second straight episode where we're acknowledging their existence, um, <laughs> but not talking about them, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they've all got a lot of trauma, it sounds like, so. <laughs> a lot of trauma. But yeah, we. <laughs> okay, our last group. I don't think that we got a ton from them mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. in this section, but I'm very excited for Absalar because she seems to just be collecting powers left and right. Uh, she's leveling up. I'm not sure if she's going to be the same, but she's got like two gods inside of her going on, mm-hmm. and I'm for it. I like to think that Absalar knows exactly what she's doing and everyone else is like so concerned about this like frail little girl and she's like maybe she's partly playing it up to get what she wants but I like to think that she's just like yeah I'm gonna get the whirlwind powers and then I'm gonna tell the goddess to just fuck off and I'm gonna be (laughs) super powerful and I'm just gonna run shit right I hope so. I would love to see that. It would be outstanding. Well, and she actually has like three entities in her. I don't know if the old hag woman got like absorbed or changed in a major way when Quick Ben did his deal. But I like to think that Absalar is like figuring out how to wrangle all these things and is just like so good at taking control. Yeah. You know what I just realized though? Mm. We last episode we criticized Fiddler for being like all of a sudden into Absalar because she became really like powerful and doing stuff. Uh-huh. And we're not doing it in the same way because we're not romantically <laughs> interested in this fictional character, but we did all of a sudden support her despite, I think that she's still kind of, kind of murdery. Yeah, that's true. I don't think murdery is the issue though, because she's not, Right now, she's not going out and finding people to murder. Right. She just might be a little too enthusiastic about it when it is yeah. necessary, right? Because the, the thing we're thinking about is when she stabbed those dudes just in the junk and let them right. like, bleed out instead of just being quick and, and clean with her kill. And like, granted, those dudes probably would have like killed and done other things to her if they got the opportunity so like maybe justified in self-defense kind of way but like could have done it a little bit different i either way i'm i'm very i'm pro absalar now yeah um crocus you're behind me i don't even care about you anymore um that's that's pretty much where i'm at yeah crocus is done go home I don't think we need you anymore, Crocus. You don't need to defend Absalar. It seems like she's got things figured out. Um, Right. The last thing I want to talk about, Luke. Does it seem like the shadow priesthood got set up a little bit quick? Yes. I I was actually thinking this as well. Like, we learned that when the emperor was murdered... He and his, like, head of the Talon became Shadow Throne and Cotillion or the Rope. And this happened, like, ten years ago, maybe? Maybe plus or minus three years? Right, because it happened, I think, like, the prologue of the first book is around the time it happened. Right. And that was when... Um, Captain Peron. That was when Peron was like a kid. So 10, 15 years is my guess. Right. And we've got like a priesthood set up where there's this old crusty guy in a desert in an abandoned temple that 
that's like how did he at age 50 he was like you know what i need a career change the <laughs> shadow warren has just opened up they have a lot of new interesting positions i think i'm gonna go be a shadow priest right i will say i'm not totally clear if the warren is new or if just like because I, I don't think it's a new warren I thought that it was because in the first book they mentioned how the Shadow Warren was like new. And like there's no one else. Like Shadow Throne and Cotillion are the only ascendants in the Shadow like Warren. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I definitely agree with you that they've made moves fast. And I also would like to levy some criticism at the anyone in this world that had not suspected (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) it's like hey i wonder who these who these two new ascendants are (laughs) right like (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure there's some like reason you can explain it to me on the subreddit or something well it could be just that everybody else has figured it out but fiddler is a little bit slow right like Fiddler is like, oh wait a minute, Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> Guys, did you hear about this? Um, but yeah, I could see. I mean, I will say, if you're like been doing the same thing, if you're like Hood's priest, and there's a new some new hotness out on the streets, and you're like, I don't want to be covered in flies anymore. Let's check out what. <laughs> shadow they've got startup money mm-hmm, let's see mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's actually a fair point maybe he's poaching some talent from the other ascendants yeah mm-hmm. it's also kind of impressive honestly to me that quick ben is already able to have this history with shadow throne like shadow throne's been around for 15 years quick ben has already risen pretty high in the ranks betrayed him and then gone back and rubbed his face in it. Right. That's some moves for a, for a young organization like that. I think. That's yeah, that's true. I don't know. The the timing thing is is a little bit confusing to me. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. But maybe we'll learn more. I still don't fully understand how the Warrens and like the houses and ascendants work. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of picture it as like a like an organism or like like uh like a tree kind of thing where you have like the base ones, like the fundamental houses or whatever, and then there's like branching off from those, there's like new warrens, kind of like speciation where you start with like originators like fungi animals and plants and there's a bunch of you know a bunch of stuff that comes off of there sure because we we learn in this section there's like an older deck of dragons that refers not to the warrens or the like houses but like the deeper magic that's there right i i am curious to see how because it seems like there are other forms of magic i mean maybe Mm -hmm. i just don't quite see the connection between the like spirits and a warren yet right but it seems like there are more than just warrens i agree with you it especially how the warlocks describe it they seem to be pretty (laughs) they seem to be like gassing themselves up quite a bit about how their spirits are like older and more powerful than any gods and like how the land is just like better than all the ascendants and and like maybe i don't know you got to talk yourself up to your employer. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, we're still kind of figuring out this whole magic system, I think. Because I agree, I'm not quite sure how it works fully either. Yeah, so finishing up Deadhouse Gates next week, Luke. Perhaps we'll learn more about the magic. What's going on there? Perhaps Absalar will finally reach final form and she'll just like take over everything and and that'll be that uh Mm -hmm. maybe we'll get some some dude running around a pair of flip-flops that are magically imbued with i don't know 
double jump abilities or flying oh, abilities. Like... Who can say? Luke, who can say? But what I can say is we'll be there next week with hot takes. Being dumb nerds. Yeah.